So it's the 20th of March in 2022. So just before we chanted the Mangala Sutta, the discourse on blessings. And this is a very important teaching that gathers together all of the blessings in life. So the devas, brahmins, humans, none of them knew what exactly the blessings were in our lives and what things aren't blessings. And so they went to ask Indra. But even he didn't know. And in response he said, well, why don't you go to ask the perfectly self-awakened Buddha? And so Devas went to ask the Buddha. And the Buddha taught about his 38 blessings. And so this starts off with So that means is to not associate with fools, and rather to associate with the wise, and to honor those worthy of honor. And these are some of the highest blessings in life. And so this starts off with not associating with fools. And so we could take that in terms of external fools, people who have minds that are very coarse, very full of defilement. And these are foolish people. And so we call these uh, putujanas. But they can also be good people, these kalyanachanas, who can sometimes have thoughts which are defiled but they don't follow these thoughts and allow them to come out in actions or in speech. And so there are also these kinds of beings. And within our hearts, um, they can also be foolish states as well sometimes. And these are things that we need to put effort into abandoning, that we don't allow them to come out through our speech, through our actions. And even those foolish thoughts, we try to abandon those as well. And then we honor or pay homage to those worthy of homage, which is the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, this triple gem, which has given us great benefit. It's been of great goodness to us in our lives. So we can pay homage to the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, and through flowers, through incense and candles. And this brings great benefit. But even so, the Buddha said uh, to pay homage through our practice, through following the teachings that he gave to us, that of generosity, of virtue, of the cultivation of our hearts. And this is the means that we use uh, to pay homage, putting this into practice um, in honor of the Buddha. And when we practice and pay homage through our practice like this, it brings great benefits to us. This is a blessing to our life. So in the beginning we start off with dana, with generosity. And there are some people who have created a lot of barami in the past, They've accumulated uh, much spiritual virtue. And so for them it's very easy to be generous. They have these thoughts coming up into their minds all the time that they want to give, they want to be generous. 
And they see that if they get something that's of value, if they gain money, then there is a happiness that comes with that. But it's a happiness that's tied up with material things. It's a happiness that is uh, tied up to this world. And when we get those things, and then we lose them, and then we will suffer. And even before we lose them, upon gaining things of value, and then we can worry about them, be anxious due to them. And so this is a kind of happiness that ties our mind to this world. And we see that these things, these possessions, they have to stay here, that no one is able to take them along with them after they die. And we hear many stories of people who attach to their possessions, and then after their death, what happens to them, that they stay around, they're still clinging, um, they don't go anywhere. And that's due to the attachments that they have to those things. So there's one story of a monk who was very attached to his robes, and after he died, he was born as a lice within those robes. And we see just that, something like a robe, something that has very little um, monetary value, but if the heart attaches to it, then it can give us great problems. So therefore, we need to train our minds using this path of practice. We do that starting off with generosity, with giving. We do this little by little, gathering up the joy within our hearts until we become people who are constantly giving. And that's quite difficult to develop the mind to this state. It's not an easy thing. But when we train, then it's something that we can do. Because we see the benefits of it, we see what that gives. We understand how any money, any possessions that we gain in this world, that we can't take it along with us. And people with intelligence, they will exchange this coarse wealth for noble wealth, the wealth of generosity. And so we carry on practicing like this, giving, being self-sacrificing. And as we do, it becomes easier and easier. Until we gain the feeling within the hearts that if we gained a lot of money, then what would we do with it? And the answer comes up that we would use it to be of benefit to the beings of this world. And that we give, we're generous, we try to benefit this world, helping out the people here, helping out society in line with our means. That we don't just gather it up, accumulate that wealth. Because we see that our lives are not sure, but our deaths are sure. We see how the sun rises and the sun sets every single day. And steadily we're getting closer and closer towards old age, sickness and death. So when we are generous like this, and this becomes a habit uh, for us. And then we move on to virtue, to this sila. We compo are composed through our actions of body and speech. And this too is a blessing in our life. 
when we're generous and when we're virtuous, and then we gain peace and our hearts become very contented. So just like Venerable Yasa, he had this inner contentment. The Buddha taught him about generosity, about virtue, and these were things that he was already skilled at. He had already done a lot of them. And so his heart was filled up with joy and it rose to the level of a deva. And so these qualities of virtue and generosity, they develop the heart uh, from that of a patujana, uh, one thick with defilements, to a kalyanachana, a good and beautiful heart. And those who practice following the teachings of the Buddha, um, they gain this, they gain this good heart. And this too is a blessing in our life. And so we're generous, we're virtuous. We do our chanting and praising the Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. We help out in society, helping those in need. And these give us joy within our minds. And when the mind is in this state, uh, we can say it's like uh, a being whose body is human, but their mind is a deva. But the Buddha didn't stop his teachings there. He said that we should go on to train in mindfulness, to prevent the mind from going into liking and disliking. And we keep this mindfulness watching over the mind, watching over these six sense doors. So we all know about managing external work already, the external businesses that uh, or um, things that we have to do in our life. And it's something that we've done a lot already. Uh, but now we have to manage our own minds, the company of our mind. So when there's the ayatana, the sense bases, um, then there will be contact uh, from these uh, sense objects. And so the sense objects are the sounds, the sights, the sounds, smells, taste, touch, and the thoughts and feelings. And then these contacts uh, with the eyes, ears, nose, uh, tongue, body, and mind. And then there's Vedana, this feeling that comes up. When it's a pleasant feeling, then we like it. If it's an unpleasant feeling, it's something that we don't like. And so there's constantly this... Uh, pleasant feelings and unpleasant feelings that we gain. And then there's craving towards those. So there's the craving of uh, sensuality and the craving to have and become, the craving to not have, to not be. And then there's clinging that comes after that. And then from that, becoming and birth. And then suffering arises. And so this is the process of uh, dependent origination. So we try to keep our minds bright and have a lot of mindfulness there, establishing our hearts in samadhi, and this will develop into wisdom. We can see how there's no true self there within the body and break it down into emptiness and see how it's devoid of a true self. And do we see that? If it's something that we see 
into with a little bit of clarity, then we've seen the Dhamma a little bit. If it's something that we see with great clarity, then we've seen a lot of the Dhamma. And this insight into Dhamma gives our minds purity. And so there's also this attachment um, there within the mind. Because the ignorance um, with the mind, it craves to be, it craves for a self, it wants to have a self. And so it attaches to the mind as being self. Uh, but really it's just a knowing element. It's knowing element that through ignorance desires self. But when we can understand the truth, and we see that, it's just Dhamma, it's just an element, a knowing element. But if it's yet unpure, then it will cling. And so we need to contemplate to see the mind as just a mind. And if all people can extract the ignorance from their minds, then all will become awakened beings. They will realize this Buddha, uh, the state of awakening. And there's no difference between those minds. They're all the same. And you don't separate them out. You don't say that they're from this country or of this race or this ethnicity. And so if all minds can reach the state of purity, there's no separation there. So when the mind isn't giving to liking and disliking, uh, then this is bringing the mind to a state of, of wholeness, of completion. And this is the point where we see and attain to the Dhamma. And so the Buddha taught about this and right from the beginning and taught about sacrificing, about giving our forgiveness to one another, and taught about how to work well that all of these things are there within the 38 blessings of life. And when we follow these blessings, then they cultivate our minds and bring them to purity, and we can see the Dhamma. And so may all of you set your hearts on practicing in this way, and may all of you grow in the Dhamma.